0: All right, so having looked at that story, and we find out that Jesus commands the unjust steward because he took every principle that he could possibly use to take care of himself, and he was well-versed in doing it. He knew every way to get it done. Then Jesus contrasts that with the children of light. We got any children of light here? All of us. But he says they are not versed in the principles of the kingdom, or we could say spiritual principles, and how they work, such as sowing and reaping such as sowing a seed to get a harvest and so it is an indictment so to speak on the children of, the, of light or Christians who don't know the spiritual principles now what is a spiritual principle or a law Okay. It's something that works all the time when you meet the condition. Law of gravity. In order for me to see it work, I have to drop something. When I drop something, I see the law of gravity take over. Because the law of gravity is saying Okay, anything I drop is going to fall to the earth. I don't necessarily see it in operation, but it's there. And it has an effect. So, there are many spiritual laws. Well, there's two of them that Paul points out right there in Romans chapter 3. The law of works. The law of faith. What does that mean? That means faith is a spiritual law. That means in order for that faith to work, their condition must be met. Well, who meets the condition to see that faith works? we do so if I'm not meeting that condition for faith to work then there's only one other law that can go into effect in this regard that would be the law of works now most don't understand that it is the law of faith. It is the law of works. Okay? So what does the law of works say? It says this. It says, I can walk in every blessing continually with God, okay, if I do every law of God 24-7, and never miss. But it goes on to say, but if you miss, you're guilty of all, and there's one penalty, death. Law of works. So I can meet that condition either way. In other words, if I attempt to be, receive the blessing of God, or an answer to prayer, by works, okay, then I'm entering into a spiritual law that says the only way that this can be fulfilled is 24-7 every single day of your entire life. You cannot be selfish. Because the moment that you're selfish, you've broken the law. Why? First commandment. We don't even need any other laws. All we need is the one. Do not put any God above God or alongside. Well, the moment we're selfish, we've elevated ourselves above God. Game over. See, That's how ridiculous it is for anybody to attempt to do all the law or whatever rules they set up. Isn't it? But isn't it a beautiful thing that we're forgiven how much? All. How often? All the time. And praise God, it needs to be that way. Because where there's unforgiveness, there is the curse. There is torment. There is fear. But more than that, there is a lack of confidence toward God. Now, turn over to 1 John 3 with me. Can somebody tell me what the key is to know that my prayer is answered? A plus, Phil. I know that he has heard me. And in that he has heard me, he has answered, and I have the petition that I asked for. When do I have it? The moment I know He's heard me. 1 John, chapter 3, verse 20. 3, 20. It's still the same in this new Bible. Okay. Praise God. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. When does our heart condemn us? When we're in the law of works. Constantly. Because what is our heart doing? It's saying you sin. It's saying you fall short. It's saying you ain't good enough. It's saying. All the things that condemnation says, you're unfit for use. God's not going to hear you, and on and on and on. Now, some people teach this. One John, and the epistle of John's completely misunderstood most of the time, and that is another teaching on that to get our minds and hearts squared away on what is John actually putting forth here. And I'll say this, I won't leave you totally hanging. What he's doing is describing the fruit of something. He's saying, if we have fellowship with God, then this is the the deal, right? If we have fellowship with God, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we see he doesn't he's not saying look, you better have fellowship with God, or this is going to be the result. See, it's not backwards. He's describing the fruit of this. So if the fruit's not there, then what do I do, Lord? Am I Am I having fellowship with you? The fellowship with God is the starting point and the result of it. He goes through a whole bunch of stuff in there about all of that. He's the one who says, Hey, here's the love of God. What he tells me to do is not hard, it's not burdensome, it's easy. I can't tell you the number of Christians that have said to me how hard it is to be one. It's just off the charts. How could that be in light of the Word? See? Well, why is that? Because John knows in order for the the commandment or what God says to be not burdensome, we must understand God loves me even though I was selfish five minutes ago when I was at the dinner table and I raced to the middle to get that last piece of steak before anybody else. There wasn't any, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, there was like four forks. That was our family, the boys. (laughs) See? Joe didn't tell Dave, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. He told them, that's mine. Get your hands off. (laughs) Dave said, fight you for it. Guess what? We did not kick them out of the house for that. We didn't break their legs. We didn't put them in the hospital. We didn't do all those things that God's supposed to do when we do that according to what? The law. It's amazing, isn't it? How we being evil as parents know how to give good gifts. How much more does your heavenly father, but yet we're so arrogant as human beings and as parents, we'll stand there and say how much better we are than God, than we being mankind. Not us, we're all perfect here. Amen. We have it all together. Amen. But religion will do that all the time. Doesn't it? And you hear it. See, I don't know why God made so-and-so sick, but, you know, and he, but he has a purpose in it. Beep, wrong. The condemned heart, okay, is the heart that does not know they're forgiven all, all the time. Now, there's a principle of the kingdom called the law of forgiveness, Turn to Matthew 18. Let's take a look at it. And you're going to see why I mentioned the law of works versus the law of faith in a minute. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Now he thought he was being huge. And I'll tell you why. In the Jewish religion and in the law, okay, they thought they were being something because you were required under the under the law to forgive three times. After the third time, You can drop kick them anywhere you want to. And it's even in today, however, they've done it. You see, within the Jewish people, one reason why, bless their hearts, they have the businesses that they have is because they band together and they set up the younger ones in business. They bankroll them to get them started, and then they give them their experience and so forth and so on. Okay? That's why they own, you know, 75% of the business is in New York. It's a really good thing. If the church catches on to that for a moment, it'd be awesome. However, as a young Jewish person, to be in this, you're required to be in the synagogue. You're required to follow the Torah. And you get three chances. They will bankroll you three times to give you a shot at succeeding in business. If they don't make it after three times, forgiveness is over. You're on your own. Stay poor. But I know poor Jewish people. I bet them. I know very successful ones as well who got started that way. This all came from the forgiving three times. After the third time, they were under no obligation to speak to, help, or anything, that person. As a matter of fact, they were ostracized as a failure. So three shots is pretty good. So Peter knew this. He goes seven Because after seven, then, I can go ahead and call down fire and torch them. See? And I'm okay. And my background having to be Middle Eastern, you are taught not to forgive. You are taught as young. Okay? Okay. You're to get back at them. You're to get even. Whatever it takes. And if they do anything to a family member, and family is everything. Okay? I've seen my family in a room, red-faced, screaming at each other, and somebody from the outside comes at them, and now they're just arm-in-arm. Everything's great. Until they defeat that enemy from out there. Then they go back to fighting. They <laughs> So, if, a, if, if your brother, and I grew up where there was killing, shooting, gangs, and all that, if your brother is killed on the street, you are sworn for the rest of your life To kill that person who killed him. No forgiveness. Until they become immersed in that. And the bitterness and the hardness is off the charts. Looking for that payback. Looking for that revenge. Looking to get them. That's how I grew up. And it was just maybe a statement, but it it was a statement that was made quite often. God help you if you ever do me wrong, because you're a dead man. And when I grew up, it only cost you $500 to have somebody killed. So this predict there's something to this forgiveness thing that's really <laughs> helpful. <laughs> See, that's Middle Eastern culture. So oftentimes when we're reading this, you know, and not having an awareness of that, that's the way it was. So when Jesus came talking forgiveness. Look who he was talking to. No wonder they had the reaction that they had. Because it was totally contrary to everything they were about. Most Everything he said was totally contrary to how they were brought up, how they were taught, their culture, and everything. So when he talked to them about leaving family to follow him, he might as well have been saying to them, you need to put a gun to your head. That's how it affected them, that idea of leaving the family. Now, is he literally talking about that? The reference to that is not a literal one. People say, I can't receive Jesus because I can't leave my family. You have to leave your family if you accept Jesus. Well, that's like the guy who told me I like to drink beer, so I'm not going to go ahead and get saved. No difference. Right? No difference. See? And there's nothing that says he can't go have a bear after he receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. If he wants to, go for it. Had nothing to do with his salvation. It's talking about the condition of the heart. See? We're back to that pesky number one commandment. (laughs) That one that hangs around there. See? Don't need any of the others. Just the one. Game over. See? See? For most of us, our family may not be above God, but it's certainly real close to alongside of, isn't it? Hey, rivals me. See, it's no gods above or beside. See, no, well, Why do you keep telling? Because of how much we've been forgiven. Hello? So, verse 23, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. You know the difference between a hundred denarii and ten thousand talents? Well, that's like a hundred dollars versus a million. A little different. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. His fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me should you not also have give, had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father will also do to each of you from his heart that does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. Now, why does the Father have to do that? Because he wants to? No. Being turned over to prison, okay, is the penalty. Death is the penalty. When the whole debt is not paid. Now, Jesus paid the whole debt, okay? Therefore, the enemy. Satan has no right whatsoever to take anyone captive to do anything to any of the children of God because the entire debt was paid. He is owed nothing. Now, what happens under the law? Under the law, the debt is not paid. Therefore, what happens? The enemy has a legal right of access to imprison that person or to torture them, to torment them, to get all over their mind with anything that he wants to put there. This is what he's talking about when he says down here, uh up here in this verse here where he says But he wasn't able to pay, okay? The servant fell down and asked for the mercy, and then he had the mercy. Okay? If he didn't have the mercy on him, then that first man that was owed the ten thousand talents that owed him would then have gone to prison. Debtor's prison or captive. Now, over here, when this man refused to forgive and said, Pay me all that you owe me, which is a little teeny bit, okay, this is the reason why, verse thirty two. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me, okay? Should you not, should you not have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you or compassion on you? Deliver him, verse 34, the master was angry. Delivered to the tortures until he should pay all. So, my heavenly father has no choice because here's the key this man who refused to forgive the little bit, who had been forgiven a million dollars, okay, was insisting on judging his brother based on the law of works. Therefore, now listen to me very carefully, the moment you decide, okay, that you're not going to forgive for whatever reason it is, and I hear people say to me, well, I can't. Well, I'm sorry, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, see, The moment that I do that is the moment I go from law of faith and I meet the condition of the law of works. And the moment that I meet that condition, I subject myself to the law of works, which says what? If I don't do it all, what then comes? Death. And on the way to that death is nothing but curse. This is the reason why there's so many children of God living a cursed life. Well what's a quick desert definition of a cursed life? No increase. That's the quick one. No fruitful and multiply. No curse here. <laughs> Amen? You see what I'm saying? No fruitful and multiply. No promotions at work. No getting ahead. None of those things that we talk about in the natural realm that are ours. You have a business, the business doesn't increase. Now worse, you're subject to worry. You're subject to concern. We call that concern. I'm not worried, I'm concerned. Stop it. (laughs) See? Then we're subject to that. And then comes the big one, and we've ministered to hundreds of people over this. I just can't get the thoughts out of my mind. Bad thoughts, evil thoughts, this thought, that thought, blah, 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 blah. Well, you've been turned over to who? The tormentor. To torment you. Why? Because somewhere along the line, you chose to step over into the law of works and forfeit the law of faith. Turn to Luke chapter 17. Here's another incident of it. Verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns and says, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now the apostles heard this, and again, it was against... Their upbringing, this was tough stuff. And so they knew right away, whoa. So what did they ask Jesus? Increase our faith. So if I'm abandoning the law of faith for the law of works, now how how do I do that? My refusal to forgive the debt How much have we been forgiven? All. All. Slash a million dollars. (laughs) A gazillion. Whatever that is. I guess a million isn't enough these days. Ten billion. (laughs) With inflation. So you see, if I... If I'm refusing to cancel the debt, it isn't they don't owe you. See, the money was owed. He owed him. It's a debt. It's a debt. See, God canceled the debt for us because we owed. Okay, what did we owe? We owed the law. Because the law was exacting the rule. Now Jesus came, and what did he do? He fulfilled the law. God didn't say, oh, I made a mistake in giving the law. Sorry, guys. Let Let me rethink this. I know I'm God, but I kind of muffed up here and fumbled the ball. See? No. He took the law and caused it to be obsolete because Jesus fulfilled it for us. He paid the death penalty. Hello? Hallelujah. Hallelujah thereby fulfilling the law completely and allowing God to then bring the new covenant in on better promises, for sure, and allowing God to eliminate the curse, totally, and allowing the blessing to just continue the flow all the time without our help. See? Turn to to, uh, Mark chapter 4. No, 11. Mark 11. People get confused on this verse. And it's part and parcel. And this is the one reason why prayer doesn't get answered. Mark chapter eleven New pages. All right. Verse twenty two Have faith in God. I know and believe God. Amen. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he said will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive and you have them. Verse 25, And whenever you stand praying, when? Whenever you stand praying, crucial. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. I thought that was all taken care of. It was. It was all taken care of but it's taken care of by the law of faith. The moment that I turn around and I say, oh yes, I have this against this person, but I'm not going to forgive them, God can't forgive you because you've changed the law. The law of. You've gone from law of faith to what? Law of works. And you're saying this to God. That man owes me. He has a debt. Therefore, judge him. And God has to judge us on the same principle. And God's saying, okay, if you want me to judge him, then I got to judge you the same way. Which brings us to another spiritual law, doesn't it? The law of measure. How I measure it, it's measured back to me. See, Luke 638 is not about money. Although the principle is true, given it shall be given unto you. It's about mercy and forgiveness. If I'm going to be a hard dude, and I'm going to go around judging everybody all the time, and I'm going to have somebody owing me all the time, and they're indebted to me, and you say, well, how would you collect the debt? You can't keep your mouth shut about them. You just keep talking about them all the time. You're trying to collect the debt. You're judging all the time. That's how. If you forgive them and the debt is canceled, why would you mention it to anyone? They don't owe you. Hello? Getting a little more practical, isn't it? We were all good up until then. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. You see? Do not think more sober do not think more highly of yourself than you ought, but think soberly. Every one of us are subject to this scandal on trick of the enemy. Every one of us. You understand I've been I've been running with God for fifty years. It don't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter whether it's fifty minutes or fifty years. You can still be had. Why do you think we need each other? But we need each other in the right way. Not in strife, unforgiveness, and blah, 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 blah. Huh? I'm talking about the number one reason prayer doesn't get answered. There it is. Believe you receive, and it shall be granted unto you. But if you hold anything against anyone, forgive. Why? Because prayer doesn't get answered under the law of works. He can't. We've tied His hands. Can you see the number one reason? That's the only thing Jesus dealt with. They say, how can that be? God can do anything. And He provided the forgiveness and all that. Because we put a couple of spiritual laws in action. Turn over to Luke chapter 6. What happens then? Then people get discouraged. They're not getting the answer to prayer. It isn't happening. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. But hey, I have several rolls of duct tape in my car. I'll be glad to give you one. Years past, I used to carry it with me. That somebody come to me, and there they'd go. You know, they just go, and I'd take it out. And the people that I knew well enough, they knew me. Soon as I pull that duct tape out, the, I said, I'll tape it on you. I said, I won't just do it like this. I'm going to wrap that sucker around your head. In love, of course. Absolutely. I won't. I won't put it on your nose. I'll let you breathe. Hmm. From out of the abundance the heart speaks. From out of the abundance of the heart, abundance of the heart. If there's unforgiveness in the heart, what's coming out of the mouth? Unforgiveness? Okay, now Luke six thirty eight. Now, the context of Luke 3, six thirty eight, okay, verse thirty six. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Now, why is there a problem with mercy? Just as your Father is merciful. Okay? As you receive the mercy of God, do you suppose we need any? I'd say so. Just a smidgen. But if there's a refusal to receive it, and you don't know the Father of mercies, that His mercies are new every morning, you're not going to be merciful. You're going to be just how you receive. Do you understand? So, here's what I'm going to say to all of you. Let yourself off the hook. Extend some mercy. But what is that mercy? I don't. Get what I deserve. I receive what I don't deserve. Lord, there's no reason right now that you should do this for me except for your mercy. Do you think that God's pleased with that? Well, remember when Jesus talked about the guy that said Lord be be merciful for I'm a sinner and the other guy listed all, and I'm glad I'm not like him. What was he doing? The law of works. And Jesus said, which one was justified? The mercy guy. See, I'm talking about how the kingdom of God operates and get out of the stinking world. All right? Frankly, it sucks from top to bottom there isn't anything good about the world system and the only reason we're here is to bring heaven to earth the only reason we're here is to bring the kingdom principles and extend the kingdom of god and stamp the world system off the face of the earth if jesus should tarry but glory to god when jesus comes it's going to be finished It's really a brutal system. How can you live your life under the threat of punishment or hope of reward and greed? I live that way. I know. And in the end, it was not fun. Made plenty of money. Still didn't get the job done. I know people that have millions and they can't get the fear off them. And fear has torment. So they're living a tormented life while they think they have everything. I call it the big lie. The big lie of Satan is all you need is enough money. And a lot of Christians buy into that. And that's to be resisted. That's just the spirit of mammon trying to get one up on you. Everything will be okay if you just have enough money. Ooh. (laughs) I got news for you. I had enough and it wasn't okay. Okay. See? Because nothing's changed. Nothing's changed on the inside. The roots are still there of the problem. There's a a story that's told. I I took financial seminars in the world system and all of that kind of stuff. And they told a story, this story they would tell. Uh, If you had 100 people and you gave them $10,000 each and you gave them a year, at the end of the year, two people in the room would have all the money. And then they said, if you took all the money back and you distributed again, $10,000 each, at the end of the next year, the same two people would have all the money. And their point was, learn the world system. They learn it and they use it and they end up with all the money. How much better is the kingdom principles? That was even the world figured that out. Now, their point was they're pushing capitalism. I want to get too into that part of it. And they hate socialism. But that's what socialism says. If I give enough to everybody, but see, by our own nature and how we were made to be fruitful and multiply. There's some who are fruitful and multiply all the time because they use diligence and so forth and so on. And there's others that can't hold on to a dollar. No wonder 3 John 2 says I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers well how does our soul have what prosperity to our soul the spiritual laws of the kingdom how they work you're all righteous right God is your father right you're forgiven all your sins that can't change heaven is your destination there's a mansion in heaven for you condemnation and guilt is not for you ever but that doesn't guarantee you'll prosper in this earth why it places us in a position to acquire the wisdom of God of how to use these Jesus used them all the time didn't he when he fed the 5000 did he use a spiritual principle Yes. What did he do? First he said to the guys, you feed them. What they do? They looked at what they had. We don't have enough. I struggle with that a little bit at times. God tells me to go do something. I look at what I have. They had enough there. But does that stop us? What? What? No. No! Why? God's our source. Huh? Feed them. Then he took what do you have? What they do. They gave him what they had. Anybody see anything here? Huh? Do you have a big, big need? Anybody have a big, big need? How about a big, big need in the future? Get a head start. Okay? Ask the Lord, Lord, what should I give you of what I have toward that need? How many want to own a home debt free? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. But you do it now. You understand? Oh, well, I'm going to need a home debt free for another couple of years. Great. All the better. Now, you're not trying to get from living on the street into a home quick. Amen? So you go to the Lord and Jesus, what, what what, can I give you? Well, Jesus is going to say, what do you have? What did he say to them? What do you have? Five loaves and two fishes, and here they go. I, I, you, know, I, you know, one time I said, Lord, how come you didn't have duct tape? But that's not enough to feed everyone. <laughs> Duh! Thanks. (laughs) See, at least, at least uh, Philip got closer by saying, "We have this." Then he kind of fell back into it by going, "But it ain't enough to feed them all." It it, here's another. This is really great. Twenty thousand people. It's not even enough for everyone to get a little. Awesome. <laughs> See? And Jesus said, "Bring it here. It is for me. Okay. Then what did he do? I thank you, Father. you hear me. How much? All the time. That's where I want to be. Anybody want to be there? Father? You hear me all the time. Hallelujah. I know you hear me, is what Jesus was saying, all the time. No condemnation in his heart. He had confidence toward God. None. And then he blessed it. How do you bless anything? With your words. They read it over and over. What did he say to it? Be fruitful and multiply. Why did he say that? That's what he needed. <laughs> Amen? When the Lord speaks to you and you say, I I want a house debt free, debt free, glory to God, I I want a house debt free, draw the line in the sand. It's going to be debt free. I don't care. I must get 40 emails a day. I'm going to tell Priscilla we've got to turn my email off. This is getting ridiculous. About loaning me money, mortgages. $5,000 credit card. Blah, 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 blah. The world just comes at you. Huh? You get them too. All right? Delete, 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 Uh, delete. Then it goes to delete. I delete it. But they still keep coming. So you have to make that decision. And when you bring to the Lord what it is, Lord, I want a house debt-free. Did he hear you? Lord, I speak to this seed right now. I speak to this right now. Be fruitful and multiply and produce a debt-free house for us. Hear, Lord. It shall surely come to pass. What's the only thing that would cause there to be a hindrance to that coming to pass in your life? One thing, that you are operating in the law of works rather than the law of faith. And the law of faith says, I forgive. Now, I heard it said, I've heard it written, I've heard it taught. This idea that we have to forgive every day. Well, what that means is I'm getting offended every day. (laughs) Doesn't it? It says, if you have anything against anyone. Now, where's the protection in this? Under the law of works, there's no love of God. The people, the Pharisees I know, are the hardest people on other people. There is no love of God. There is no compassion. There is no... We, we who are operating... We're, we're a pest to them. <laughs> Virtually. Because you're messing up my self-righteousness here. See, Worse, the unsaved world is a pest to them. And they spend all of their time keeping people out away from them, separating all of that instead of ministering the gospel and winning them into the kingdom. See, people who operate under grace are the ones who do that. The people that are in the law of faith are the ones that do that. The law of works people, they don't do that. You can't get them out there to talk about Jesus with anybody, anyone with a jackhammer. You can't even bribe them to do it. I've been there. I've seen it. Why? Because there is no compassion in the law. Just judgment. Only judgment. Now look at how Jesus starts this off. He says, "Be merciful." Verse thirty-seven. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be shall not be condemned. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. Given, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Well, who's the first place where it's given to me good measure, the mercy, the, uh, mercy and forgiveness? From heaven. Continually. And then others, as you sow that seed, receiving that. couple weeks ago I put a letter in the mail I didn't put a stamp on it I put it in the box in front of the post office as soon as that baby went through there I said oh and there was a check in it so I went into the post office and he was the only guy working in there so I said to him Could you do me a favor? Could you tell me how to get the letter out of the box? I didn't put a stamp on it. I have the stamp right here. Because I had the stamp in the car, the letter in the car. and didn't stamp it for some reason. So the guy began to tell me how dumb I was. I said to the man, forgive me. Please forgive my ignorance. Well, it's not that. You know, it's just I'm here and all of that. I said, well, I'm asking you how How can I get that letter, put the stamp on it. Well, you have to wait for it to be picked up and blah, 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 blah. I said, well, how would I do that? He said, um, you have to wait out there by the box for the lady to come. She goes, well, wh- when would that be? Oh, it could be any time. So I said to him, you know, uh, and I asked him to forgive me again one more time. And I said, you know, if I had known the difficulty, I don't mean to put you out. He goes, well, you understand I can't leave here. I'm the only one. I'm waiting on customers, blah, 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 blah. I said, that's okay. I said, I'll go wait. So I walked outside, went by the mailbox, and I'm leaning on the mailbox. About two minutes goes by, and here he comes with the key where is it I said he opened it up I said, it's that one right there on the top he grabs it and gives it to me and I said thank you he said you're welcome and then he goes now I could have got angry with him you know how dumb are you <laughs> I've had my tough moments <laughs> see It works better. If there's any other, any advice I can give you, it works better. Because what was my goal? Get that letter and put a stamp on it. What happened? I got the letter and I put a stamp on it. Amen? See, big or little. Unfortunately, we'll get ensnared on big things. We don't need to have cancer. We don't need to have terminal diseases. We don't need to have those things. But I can tell you, a big root, not 100% of the time, but a big root is unforgiveness. I can't tell you the number of people that got healed from cancer because we led them to where they forgave. See? Because your body starts paying the debt. You're turned over to who? The torturer. He knows no limits. Amen. Now, I'm not going to turn to it. It's a verse worth looking at. Okay. In Timothy, Paul says this The law is for the unrighteous. And James says, the the effectual, fervent prayer of a what man, what woman, availeth much, brings great results. So I am not going to take myself out from the law of faith over to the law of works by rinky-dink unforgiveness, okay, because... They owe me. Well, how can it be? I, I go back to that postman, and, and with the, I could say, you owe me an apology. <laughs> right. It's just as devastating as you owe me a million. It does the same result, the same uh, damage that it does to you. And it's the little things he wants to get you on. Now, very, very important to understand is to come to the place by the grace of God and by faith, by grace through faith, we're saved from this, is to understand judgment and when I'm judging. It's so important. Even what you're saying is true. Don't. There's a lot of family members that are not saved in families where you have people that are praying for those family members, but they can't keep their mouth shut long enough for the pagoda to happen, where they end up with an encounter with Jesus himself. You have to get the CDs. <laughs> Say he went like this. What? <laughs> so it wasn't a word of knowledge or nothing. It was a it was a hint. <laughs> the meeting, the pagah meeting with the Lord, we pray for meeting that someone who's unsaved will meet Jesus. That's why we intercede for that to happen, amen. However, the judgment that flies around in families all the time is what hinders that. Well, he's the black sheep in the family all the time. That's the way he has been all of his life. He's just lazy. I don't care if they're lazy or not. Don't say it. He's so dumb he never graduated high school. You know, she, she just... On and on and on, you know, And that has to stop in order to see, release them. And we don't understand how devastating that is, that those words that are spoken holds those people in. And what happens to us, we pray, 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 and we don't see the result. So what is the normal thing that any sane person would do? Quit. It ain't working. Why should I be spending my time doing this? It ain't working. I'll go watch my favorite TV program. Huh? Would you? See, I maintain that we being human beings and 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 normal in our thinking will do whatever works and we'll stop doing whatever we think isn't working but what most don't do there's is they don't go back and say Lord give me the wisdom why isn't this happening why why isn't this occurring give me your wisdom on this and then turn around and make that correction the word is the word of god is inspired and is profitable for doctrine which is teaching reproof which is tearing down error and exposing lies correction And instruction in righteousness, the way to do it. Instruction in righteousness is knowing the principles of the kingdom and how they work. Amen? And it works. See, the devil can't do anything that he doesn't take a spiritual principle and cause us to fulfill it in a negative way. He is subject to this Word, and He knows it. What happened to the ones that got outside the Word, the angels, four or five thousand years ago, what it is, and left their domain and intermingled with human beings? Instantly, God locked them up. Instant judgment. Satan knows that. The least time he's got would be shortened. To like now. You know, sometimes they say, devil, why don't you go do that? (laughs) But he doesn't. He has to sow a seed. He has to get it watered. He has to get it to have a harvest. Just like I mentioned to Priscilla today, all this business with the health care and all that's going on. These were seeds that were sown 50 years ago. That's why we are where we're at. How important then is it? You agree, it's the number one reason. But we can be exempt, we can be free. We, and we can take the step where we're not having to deal with it every day, every day, every day. Because we're going to walk in mercy. See? The moment somebody starts to bring something up, and I don't catch it all the time, sometimes it's, listen, listen, I want to tell them they're forgiven. Remember Eric? They're forgiven. Remember George? They're forgiven. Amen? To remind. See, when that happens with me, and I'm bringing something, you need to remind me. They're forgiven. And so are you. In the heavenly vision that Paul received, from God open their eyes so that they come out from under, out of the darkness into the light out from under Satan's uh, authority and the authority of God so that they receive forgiveness of sins first thing Lord's prayer outline your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us, Lord, as we forgive the debts of others. How can you tell if somebody's having an issue? And I'm going to tell you the verse Hebrews. Be cautious you do not fall short of the grace of God because when that happens a root of bitterness will spring up and it will defile many. It says be cautious lest you fall short of the grace of God and I'll put it in more modern terms because a root of bitterness will spring up and you'll defile many or that person will defile many how do they defile many with their mouth happens unfortunately the most devastating is when it occurs in a church fellowship. See, when people get offended and they leave, they don't leave quietly. They leave with a lot of ruckus. And it's it's not good for them and it's not good for the others. Now, I'll give you one last thing that's so important to answered prayer. Because Jesus ministered this and he said, if you're there bringing your gift to the altar, when we bring praise there, are we bringing a gift to the altar? Yes. We're bringing our praise and our worship, and you're there, and you're aware, okay, that there's ought between you and someone else. If you can't forgive them, and there's occasions where that happens, Jesus said, here's what you do. You go to them, and you tell them. Now, I've seen this work, and I can tell you 99 out of 100 times, you know the result of that? It comes out right. Either the person didn't know they were doing it, or the person who said this was wrong, they just thought that, or whatever. But to go off, he said, go and make it right and bring your gift back to the altar. Now, does that include financial giving? And sometimes that has to occur. Now, if they won't hear you, that's why you're, when you're in a local fellowship, you have a way to go elder or elders come with you who whose good is this for everyone the faith is not there to act upon that which I'm telling you right now then what happens you fall into the law of works because now you're wanting that debt paid and God has no alternative to say, Now, I'm going to deal with you according to what you've selected. Kerasomai, which is the word for forgiveness, is the same root word as grace. Karis. I am not walking under grace if I'm going to be unforgiving and hold a grudge if I'm going to take in account a wrong suffered. How did Jesus deal with Judas? I mean, come on. He knew he was stealing all the time. He knew he was going to be the one to betray him. And worse, it was told in the scripture. And yet, There's no mention of any time Jesus doing anything to him or telling the fellas. He knew if he told John and Peter and James, Judas was a dead man. Because that's what they would have done. They wanted to call down lightning on people who didn't show up for a meeting. What would they have done to him? Hmm? it wouldn't have been of the right spirit for sure okay now we're going to go retroactive here what does that mean we have a little bit of time where we're going to be praying isn't it wonderful there's no time or space in the realm of the spirit And we're going to go back and we're going to get some serious unforgiveness out of our heart. Amen. And recognize that. And deal with that. And then believe we receive every prayer we prayed. And you're going to receive and you're going to believe you received, and it'll be granted unto you every prayer you prayed on an individual basis that you asked the Lord, and it's been some time, and you haven't seen a result. I mean, even Isaac sowed in the famine and got a hundredfold return in the same year. Come on! <laughs> huh? And and we're in better with God than Isaac was. And that includes the seed you've sown that you have not seen the harvest within one year. Come on, let's get it. How many of you agree God wants you to have it? I'm talking forgiving every pastor. There's the first one that has to be dealt with. Man, Sunday afternoon, roast the pastor time. Hey, I've been there. I live this. I've heard it. I've heard all of it. Yeah. Let me give you Romans. i got to have you turn to it. The Lord won't let me stop at that point. Romans 14. I'm going to have somebody read it loud. Verse 14, verses 1 through one to through 4. Who has it? Huh? Well, we're going to hold on the Amplified on this one. Loud, Rose. What is that saying? How many of you serve the Lord? We're servants of the Lord. Don't judge the other person about anything. Why? God is able to make him stand, and and you leave that to the Master. Hmm? You who... Who are you? to judge another servant. Just who are you to do that? You smarter than God? Well, no, but. But what? Huh? But what? He's able to make them stand. Now, some of you minister the Word of God. When you minister the Word of God publicly, keep your mouth off of any ministry. You understand that? Don't be tempted.